Yeah, you see Israeliyat and prophets in general and the stories of prophets. And then you have some interesting stories here about the two angels that came down for yeah in Babel. And also like other just, I feel like, um, so I mean, we might as well just start now. Um, Every, everybody good? Got your water? Everybody we got, set? We got our water. Bilal, you got your water, bro? <laughs> All right. All right, so kick it off. So, assalamu alaikum, everyone. This is uh, Moeen. You're on the Safina Society podcast. Uh, today, uh, Saad Afridi is making a comeback with us. Once again, Yo, don't make me call you out in the intro, bro. So, so Saad is first of all, as long as he doesn't choke on the podcast. So Saad has this problem. Return of the Saad. Yeah, exactly. So Saad has this problem with me calling him Saad. Saad? What did you want? Saad? He, well, so Saad is like dirt he, that you put on you have grass, like, right? Do you have like a Hamza in there? Is it Saad? It's, it's, so my, pa- uh, my, my family parents just call me Saad. Saad. With yeah. the, with the, not with like the American D. Yeah, you know, like like a like sod, like you were saying, like the grass. Yeah, but just sod, you know. Sod. Okay, sod. Not like, so sod. that's not. what you want. Yeah. Okay. So that's it's what it's, 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 it's it's so it's a light D. Exactly. Sod. Sod. Yeah. Sodcast. There you go. So not sad. Moeen turns it into like because I thought there was an Ayn. He goes Arab. Arab. He goes Arab. I thought there was an Ayn in there. There is. There is. Right. Technically, there is. So so apparently he was telling me about this language thing that apparently. What's it called? Like when you uh... well, I mean, like uh, take uh, the Turkish name Mehmet for example, yeah. right? Like it's the name is Muhammad, right? But like Turkish people will say the the way they write it or the way they say it is Mehmet, you yeah. know? Yeah. So that's just like well, a, a original. Actually, allow me to interject. You know, <laughs> do you know why Turks actually the the Osmanli people used to actually go Mehmet instead of Muhammad? Because they didn't want to because they named their sons that right yeah and they didn't ever want to be like yelling at their son mm-hmm. or really? telling them something yeah. in anger and say Muhammad interesting yeah, Yo, yeah. that's pretty nice so it's yeah. actually yeah. because of their like, right, right. respect for respect. the Prophet right. and, and yeah. you'll, you'll never find someone uh, also in the Arab world that's spread they'll yeah. never scold their kid with his name if it's Muhammad yeah they'll oh. always use some other shortened version that's very yeah. interesting yeah. Yeah. interesting always shortened version so that you don't scolding Right? Yeah, Muhammad. You can't do that. Yeah. And speaking you know? of the respect of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi I mean, that's actually what our topic is about today. Which is oh, important. Well, it's a good transition. Right. Critical. And it's Rabi That's how it well. happens. So, um, before we get to the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi I want to talk about the other Prophets. And, and somebody mm-hmm. actually sent in a question um, in regards to... And we, we thought, and, and so, so to call out this brother, I, f- I forget the brother's name actually, but uh, to call out this brother, he knows who he is. Mm-hmm. So one of our listeners sent in oh, a question regarding the uh, Israeliyat and the respect that... The, the the disrespect actually that other nations give to the prophets and the way the stories of the prophets and the other Israeliyat are to- told differently. Uh, versus how they're told in the Quran. So for or, or this is a tradition. big issue. This is a huge issue. So like I mean, huge if you could issue. touch on a few of those. Um, yeah. Uh, for first of all, this is where we say that when people say the Abrahamic religions, we're gonna say if you're talking about the sources that originated with Abraham, then yeah, there are Abrahamic religions, but source doesn't make a difference, right? It's does that represent Abraham? And the, the issue with the prophets is the number one issue. Why there is only one Abrahamic religion on the earth today, right? There's only one Abrahamic religion on the earth right. today. Because we know Prophet Abraham, Prophet Ibrahim, salam, right? Honored and respected prophets, okay? 100%. This is, the, this is a huge pillar of Aqidah that prophets cannot be spoken about uh, in any way, shape, form. Neither is it even believed 
that they were immoral in any way, shape, or form, right. or deformed, or mentally incapacitated, or didn't do their job. These are four obligatory beliefs about prophets. So what about like, uh, you say deformed, right? Immediately, Ayub alayhi salam, he comes to mind. They say that about Ayub alayhi salam. They mocked Moses alayhi salam. That Ayub alayhi salam, it is said that his body was so sick that worms were coming out of him and they exaggerated. Astaghfirullah. We say he was sick. That's it. Full stop. Right. No description, no details. Tell me, if your mom is sick, you're going to go and write a post and tell, every, tell the world. Right. Uh, this is the what gory I, details. The gory details. Yeah. No, he was sick. Full stop. And we know that Allah honors his prophets even in sickness, even in death, even when they're murdered. They're honorable. All right. They're never uh, murdered in, in gruesome and gruesome ways. So uh, this is one. I mean, do you know even the story? By the way, what I'm about to say, tell you is for your knowledge's purposes uh, or knowledge's sake on how the heresies spoken or the lies spoken about prophets. So the audience listening has to be very clear that a lot of the stories we're telling you is for your information to know what kind of lies are being told. Yeah. And though you know when people, when previous religions go astray, this is why. Because of these stories were told about them. False stories. False right. lies. Big. Um, and and it, it, You could even argue that the, the whole modern society has gone astray because, because of, of these. Because there's no respect to the prophets. If the prophets are told about that, as a child, you're told that this prophet did this and that immoral thing, then you say to yourself, well, well why can't I do the same thing? Right? Then the rabbi or the priest, when he falls... Like the Elijah Muhammad, when he had his indiscretions, right? What did he say to Malcolm X in the movie when they're walking by the poolside? He's saying, look, all the prophets did it, and this is my sin, right? So that means everyone is allowed to do at least one big kabira, a major sin. All right, then forget it. Then you have no example. Yeah, exactly. So what we're talking about is Ismail and Ishaq. You know about this story? No. Bilal, you which know one? about how the covenant transferred to Ishaq? No. According to uh, the... Well, the, the, that Sarah, uh, with, with Sarah and Hajar, right? That uh, Well, they have another version, right? Right, they have a different Forget version. Forget that, yeah, not the origin, not their birth, but as Prophet Ibrahim was dying, and this is, again, uh, an un, a fabricated story. Right. Uh, Ismail was supposed to be, he's the oldest son, and he was receiving the covenant, right? So he was a shepherd, and he had go sh sheep, so he used to wear wool. Ishaq was not a shepherd. Ishaq then came, took on the cloak of Ismail, walked in on Ibrahim the day that he was supposed to receive the covenant. And Prophet Ibrahim supposedly, in this case, was so sick, he didn't recognize. He changed his voice, Ishaq, pretending he's Ismail. Then he got the touch on the shoulder, and the covenant of prophecy was transferred from Abraham to Ishaq by a lie. <laughs> what a joke nonsense. What a joke You think the prophecy Is like something like <coughs> the, Like you, a Midas touch Yeah like a Midas touch That, you, that, <laughs> that God's gonna be fooled yeah. That right. a great prophet Like Abraham There's one believer On the earth He's gonna be fooled And duped yeah. And he doesn't And that too Prophecy was gained Through a lie right. and that it was gained, What kind of prophecy Is that And right. that yeah. And that uh, Abraham could, he couldn't even Raise his sons To be honest And moral people Right, right? Then they went on Chasing each other in, like a, in a soap opera flag Right there yeah. Yeah. Then they went Chasing each other In a soap opera Right Try, Like a vendetta Right If this is your origin Right Then therefore yeah If you're a rabbi If you're a rabbi Or a priest Or anyone You could do any corruption If the prophets Did corruption like that Right Then you basically A green light For anyone else to. Mm -hmm. So this is why Prophecy uh, Is so yeah. important Because it's It's 
the precedent that's it's set. the precedent yeah it's the precedent human mm-hmm. beings need that precedent so like I, I know there's there's a few others like I mean we might as well just call out a few others then okay how let's go to the next prophet how about or before him um, start with Adam well, you could start with, yeah I mean Adam alayhi salam himself first of all Adam alayhi salam himself for us there are a couple reasons why we don't we don't say that he sinned right he right. ate from the forbidden fruit tree there's, there's no doubt about that he ate from it but there's not all action upon what is unlawful is not always sinful because number one the first reason is he forgot and in sharia if you forget you're not sinful right simple number two Adam did not know that there was a liar in paradise, right? Iblis was in paradise. Right. He came to him in the disguise. He told him, it's no longer sinful for you, right? So he acted on bad information. If someone tells you that this cup of, uh, of, of, of punch is just fruit punch, and then you get drunk, are you sinful? Right. No, you acted on bad information, right? Uh, so he forgot, or he was considered, he believed that it's no longer a law, right? That must be that... Uh, Allah changed the rules and this person is telling me because he didn't know the liars he didn't know so now a person brings up the question then why did God punish him and many people say God punished Adam for committing sin firstly it's not a punishment at all the whole purpose that Adam was created was to be on the earth his presence in paradise was a test was a uh, preparation and what was the preparation to see if he would repent or not right Right. Does he have the capacity to repent when he makes a mistake, or is he going to be arrogant like Iblis? Mm. Right. Iblis failed the test. Right. His test was bow down to Adam. He failed it miserably. Adam's test was what's going to what's going to happen when you're blamed for a mistake, right? Or when you do something wrong, right? Uh, and he his his response was humility and repentance, right? right? And then Allah says, "Wajalna fil ardi khalifa." We put in the earth. Like a Khalifa, like a representative, so that he's supposed to be on the earth in the first place. This is distance from God is as if when you send an ambassador to the furthest country, he's going to be your best ambassador, right? right. You're not going to send, you're going to send your the, the junior ambassadors next door where you can keep an eye on them, right? But if you really trust someone, you send him far away. And this is why we're distant, but this distance from the heavens, right, is actually praiseworthy, mm. right? It's a sign of being trusted. So that's Adam and Isa. And there, there's there's even the story of Dawood That's a big one, right? It's a huge lie. Huge uh, lie on Sayyidina Dawood, which doesn't even make sense because uh, Prophet Dawood in the same verse, he's spoken of as wise, honorable, upright. In other ayahs, he's called the Khalifa, representative of God on the earth. So what is the story? The story is that Prophet Dawood was he used to make dhikr, of course, with the birds. One day he happened to see a bird making dhikr with him, um, which is uh, evidence about group dhikr, but we're not, not going to go there. <laughs> 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 group dhikr with the mountains and the birds. Slip that in there You can't as do well. that with the humans. Slip that in there. All right, hashtag group dhikr. <laughs> okay. Now, the, he then saw a beautiful bird that he had never seen before. So he followed it, observing it. Okay, he used to love observing the birds. Then this bird ended up per- perching itself on, uh, is it perching or poaching? I don't know. Perching, perching. itself, perching perching. itself uh, on a branch. Perched. Perched, perched yeah. Itself. Perched itself <laughs> on a branch. And behind that branch was a lake. And he didn't realize he had just walked upon a lake. Now, back in the day, the people used to bathe in a lake. Now, this woman was bathing in a lake. Okay. A beautiful woman was bathing in a lake. And he could not take his eyes off of her. 
right? He's a prophet. He has 99 wives already, okay? But when, by the way, when they talk about our Prophet ﷺ having nine wives, add another nine, and that's David's wives, okay? 99 wives. Then uh, he kept looking at her while she's bathing, a prophet of God, looking at a naked woman while she's bathing. All right. So much so that he knew her and rec- he saw her face and everything about her, and she, he was able to ask about her, the woman that looks like this and this and this and this, who she married to, until he found out, okay? He found out who she's married to, this, um, some poor soldier, and he asked, where is the soldier? He was told he's in the battalion of the north or the east or something. And then he wrote a letter to that general, put him up at the front line. So what's going to happen at the front line, right? Your chances of dying in the next battle are very high. So and, and send me news of his death. He gets news of his death. He waits the waiting period, whatever it was in their time, and he and he proposes, and that's Bathsheba, and then Solomon, right? Prophet Solomon, for us, is a prophet in Judeo Christianity. Is not even a prophet. He is uh, born. Solomon is born to that to that lie to that murder. That's a murder. Yeah. Right. right. It's nothing less than a murder. A king can commit murder, right? Un- unlawful killing, right? So he unlawfully put him up front, right? Technically, it's lawful. And this is your prophet. This is who you believe. This is how Solomon was born. This is what David did. What do we say in the Quran? We say in the Quran that an ayah came, a farmer came, two farmers came. They're angels. They came in the form of farmers while Dawood was praying. One said, I have 99 sheep or, or camels or whatever, uh, whatever it was. Uh, Naja, okay, and then uh, my companion has asked me, and my, my my companion has one, or I have one, and my companion has ninety nine, and he kept asking me for my one, and he pressed hard in the questioning, demanding my one, right? So then immediately David said, "This is wrong, right?" And most associates are uh, aggressing against one another. Immediately they vanished because there are three issues here. The Mufassirin say. Number one, it's not a crime. No one has done wrong. If I keep demanding, give me your give me your car, give me your car, has I committed a crime? No. There's no crime. Number one, there's no crime. Number two, he never asked the other person. <coughs> he made a judgment on hearing one side, one defendant and not the other. And the Quran makes a big deal. You don't ask one side. You ask the other side too. You have to ask both sides. And number three, if you know, as he said, that most people are transgressing, then your job is actually your ibad, your dhikr is not to be done in the mihrab. Your dhikr is to go down and educate the people on the law, right? right. On how to live. So that's the what what our tafsir of the ayahs that say there were ninety nine, right? One one farmer had ninety nine, and the other farmer had one, and then they came and disputed, right? What the Jews say is that he had nine. This is analogy for David that he had ninety nine wives. Oh, one oh, poor man had one wife, and he took it away from her. Mm. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. That's this wild. is uh, that's wild. I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah. This is wild. yeah. Isn't that incredible? This that's is crazy. their this is their tafsir yeah. of how David had uh, ended up with one hundred wives, and Solomon was born from that. So Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Yeah, and that's, Solomon. That's he, he, most Muslims don't know what they believe on Solomon, right? <coughs> Right. What the Yehud believe on Solomon, honestly, when you get through the prophets, you're going to realize, is there any good prophets? These people are bad. All of them, right? Mm. SubhanAllah. Why do, they, why do they, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, why do they do this? Why do they frame it like, like that? Why I, I, have, I have no idea I why. Mean, yeah. If you look at Surah Baqarah. Yeah, it's all there. This is why. Because mm-hmm. they just, they're, they're, yeah. they have a reticence for having the, the mantle of 
being the only believer, because they were at the time, mm-hmm. right? This is something important to mention because it's not all critique. These people were the only people that were upholding Iman at their time. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone else on earth was a mushrik. Mm-hmm. Everyone. They're mm-hmm. all pagans. This is the the smallest, this little small band of people were the only ones who believed in Allah yeah. uh, and Tawheed. But they were a little, <laughs> they, they were a little they, angry yeah. about it. Right. No, it was tough. Like, even to this day, if you know, like, practicing Orthodox Jewish people, they'll be like, it's not that it's not the chosen. It's not that we're better than you. And this is them saying it to in in a positive way. This is mm-hmm. them trying to be positive. They go, it's not that we think that we're chosen and we're better. We were chosen by by God, Hashem, right? Which is what they call Allah. We were chosen by Hashem to have special rules and to to be the ones that are tested the most. So, like, look at their Sharia. It's really yeah. tough. Their Sharia is really tough. A lot of rules. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, Christians. We look at their. There's not really a Sharia, right? Like, yeah. there's not. It's not. A, it's not a law based. No, they uh, have a technicality theology. for everything. Like, well, not only Jews, that, it's not really law based. Yeah. Like the way Judaism and yeah, Islam Christianity are. Christianity is faith based. Yeah. 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 So, but then you look at the Muslims. We have a lot of rules, sort of, um, but we also have a lot of spirituality. And the Jewish religion is like really strongly Very based strict. in law. Yeah. Um. And so they 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 just didn't they didn't take well to it. And so they were kind of resentful of their own prophets. Who brought them these rules? Yeah, yeah, uh, and the the, the Ben Yisrael from the get go, from the beginning, uh, had a resentment towards leaving, even though they were being tortured in Egypt, right? They're being tortured in a land of luxury. Finally, their savior came, but he didn't bring them a better luxury. He took them to the deserts, right? And there was a you can tell in Surah Al-Baqarah there is a great resentment in that, and I think that that's what transferred to every prophet at some point. They, it's as if someone, I can't say all like, of them, someone turned on that prophet yeah. and put it down in the books. Like a contempt. Like Solomon, you know that the belief on Solomon is that firstly he wasn't a prophet. He was a very wise man. He fell for women and he ended up dying a pagan. No. no. I remember someone once came and gave me the movie Solomon and said, watch this. So I was actually taking care of the baby, uh, the, you know, bre- a newborn baby, and I'm sitting there. Like two in the morning. What am I gonna do? And I have Sahoda in like two hours. So I pop the thing in while I'm taking care of the baby and waiting for Sahoda to come in, right? <laughs> so what else are you gonna do, right? So you feel justified at that point to watch uh-huh. the movie. So I'm watching this movie. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a mo- it was it was a movie yeah. supposedly on right. Yeah, about, supposedly yeah, about yeah. Solomon. Like a documentary? Like a docu no, like a movie movie. Oh, like a movie. Yeah, with oh, actors wow. and everything. Okay. Yeah, you know how they they used to do those movies a lot like yeah. in the days, right? Yep. Like the Bible story. Yeah, they right, had a right, lot. Story. They had a the series. Movie, the yeah. Yeah. It was the same company probably that made them. <coughs> so then basically Jewish probably, by the way. Yeah. Jewish Go- company. Yeah. Goldwyn Mayer. Yeah. I've yeah. seen <laughs> that one, the, the the one with Moses. Hollywood. Yeah. The, the, I've Moses. seen the three hour one. It's that's really, the really that's the yeah, the epic one with what's his name? Armand Asante. NRA. NRA? Who who plays Moses? Oh, NRA. Yeah, 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 yeah. NRA. Yeah. Uh, Charlton Heston. Charlton, Charlton Heston. Heston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. Uh, I remember some uh, Democrat. So there was a, like a Democratic uh, based li- uh, um, thing. Uh, what do you call these? Uh, protests against the NRA. And then they came to this old lady. She's like, we don't need Moses telling us about these guns. Oh, that's hilarious. Anyway, he plays Moses. This is another reason why we don't make movies on prophets, right? How could you make a movie on a prophet? I wouldn't even make one on Sahaba. Wallahi, to this day, yeah. I'm so angry that somebody made me watch the message. Unbelievable. Because first of all, you don't learn that much, right? Yeah. And then on top of that, every and, and I, I pray that Allah and anybody that listens to this make the after this, that Allah erases this. 
reaction from me. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody mentions uh, Sayyidina Hamza, uh, I immediately think of Anthony Quinn. Yeah, that's I why mean, you don't want to do it. Terrible. I mean, I'm not going to. Yeah. I've seen the Omar series, right? Um, however, I'm, I'm going to put a counter argument to that. I've learned a lot. I hear that series is very good. Omar series. Okay, they see. I hear it's very good, but they see. I love. Sayyidina I'm not going to lie. More Defin- than any of the other Sahaba, for personally, right? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. So it, I, I can't do it. I definitely, there's definitely Sahaba who now I will picture. Like someone says Bilal, I'll think of that actor. Yeah. Mm. First of all, here's my thing about that actor. They picked a West African to yeah. play Bilal. Yeah. Bilal is East African. Yeah. And he doesn't call the Adhan like an Egyptian, right? Right. In the movie, he calls the Adhan like an Egyptian, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why East Africa, that's why. Uh, I always hesitate to watch those movies because I don't want to have a, I want to have the vision image in our head, which is never a clear image, right. but it's exactly. not that. Right? Exactly. Yeah. By the way, just as a as a really quick tangent, this is part and parcel of the way they make movies, right? Like if you watch a movie that has like a black family in it, yeah, they'll just be like a bunch of black people that don't look anything yeah. like each other. No, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like it's just, you know, they're that, black. They look enough alike. Yeah, you it's know, one was West team. African, yeah. one's African American. Yeah. yeah, and and you don't you don't one's like East African, yeah. and you know that these they don't look anything alike. If yeah. you know if you have any experience with right. people, you right. can start to tell the yeah, difference between the types. Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but that but you said it right there. Like they don't have that much exposure to yeah. other people that. Where, where they think those faces are like yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah like so they would never cast a yeah. movie with like two people that look like really like Southern Italian, right? right. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. their child is like a blue-eyed redhead. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But That's this is true. what they're doing with like African-American with like, yeah, families. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so anyways, I watched this movie, Solomon, and it began with all, he's very praiseworthy. He's, he's the wisest man in the land. And he's solving problems with wisdom and all these and cases with wisdom, et cetera, et cetera. And he's extremely handsome. He's tall and handsome. And then uh, the women are just dying to just get a glimpse of him. But then all of a sudden, he becomes like uh, gluttonous and he's marrying women from all sorts of places. And then he's receiving traitors, right? Traitors want to come and trade inside of uh, uh, Israel, right? They want to trade in Israel. And these traitors are also pagans. So he's now allowing the traitors and his pagan wives, he, his own pagan wives, he, so he marries pagans in the movie, to build their own temple so that they could worship in the land, right? which is against their law. So now there are pagan temples all over the place. And now the fundamentalists, the blue-collar people, they're like, oh, they're against Solomon, they hate him, there's like, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and they're going out about him. And then he, a prophet comes to him and warns him, et cetera, et cetera. And then... He ends up dying uh, in in a in a bar. He's in a bar. End of his life. He's in bars, but whatever they call that at the time, bars, and ends up himself attending pagan temples. Wow, right. unbelievable! This is, I mean, this is, and that's where like, and, and and it's shocking to hear like some of these I have, I've never heard myself, and it's shocking to hear it. It's like now like I can understand yeah. why, and it's it's crazy that you know even. Non-Muslims don't know that our stories are different. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. That's true. Right. So it's like you don't really think about it. It's like when people think of the, our prophets, they probably think the same. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, why do you respect that's these true. people? These people are nuts. That's yeah. true. And, or, and or why do you get so upset when we make fun of them? It, right. Yeah. It's like why yeah. do you yeah. get upset? It's like so like you know like they'll have like cartoons on like South Park yeah. and like these shows like they're like severely disrespect every, prophets, but not every, just every sick. But not show. just. I feel like that is also because. To to them, nothing is sacred, right? Like nothing is off limits. You can you can 
lampoon, criticize, yeah. ridicule, absolutely anything. And, but and that's it's because, all right, right? Because yeah. it's this, you know, it's freedom of speech, right? You can, well, not you just can, that. You can disrespect whatever you want, say whatever you want to whoever you want. And Well, first of all, that's not true. They don't really believe that. They're not dedicated. They're not free speech absolutists. Yeah, they have that, a that lot of red lines. There's true. Yeah, that's true. But, but the NBA are not part of it. Yeah. And the reason they're not part of it is that their own holy books don't do that. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. the one time, the one time they get it right is with Sayyidina Isa, 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 right? And then they deify him. Yeah, subhanAllah. <laughs> like, come on. You went overboard. Yeah. Like you can't mm-hmm. just get it right and stop there. And then some people might ask like, well, well, why do you even mention it? I think it's very important to show how the, the prophets were disrespected because this is one of the causes of misguidance, right? And to show when you see people going astray, going wrong, it actually influences you to make sure you don't fall down that path again. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, just going to say this. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just going to say this because otherwise I'm going to forget. Yeah. I, I saw a post, right? And I'm going to say this because of this episode. <coughs> I saw a post of, you know, there's, I see, unfortunately nowadays I see lots of posts on Facebook about Muslims celebrating Christmas. Right, and so it touches what? on this Insanity. point. Like, like legit celebrating. What do you mean you see a lot? With trees, you see a lot. A lot. No, no. I see. It's actually. I see a lot. I see a lot. Like I mean, like in the last week, I've seen like. Well, if you see five Muslims posting about Christmas, that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Like you know, like that's. You're you're celebrating shirk. This is not the just any. Like a the birth- harmless holiday or something. It's not a harmless... Yeah, yeah it's not the yeah. Mawlid of Jesus. Right. I mean, it's, there's nothing to do with... Yeah, the Mawlid of Jesus as they define Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. As and on, fa- a day, on, a, on a fake day. Based yeah. on their traditions of yeah. how they celebrate that. And they're no, no, de- this is they've totally deified. deified. By the way, all the traditions yeah. and even Christians, knowledgeable Christians will say, yeah, it's true. Right. All of the Christmas traditions are pagan. All of them. The tree, the colors... The, like all the of date, that, the date, Santa. the date, the date itself. December twenty fifth is actually a Mithraic uh, holiday, yeah. like where they used to celebrate by having a wild sex orgies and drinking and all that stuff, right? But like, forget that. Forget even just like every single thing that's attached to Christmas besides the gift giving. Yeah, it has a pagan origin. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's so why even if we're gonna be like, oh, well, we respect prophets too, right? And right. we respect every prophet, so we're gonna celebrate this. How, why would you copy them who copied, who exactly. like integrated right. pagan right. rituals? Like they they and, disrespected their prophets so much they deified Isa yeah. Isa. Yeah. And, and let me yeah, let me tell you this has nothing to do with uh, loving Prophet Isa and Maryam. You can love yeah. Prophet Isa in any way. I'll tell you what it is. This has to do with uh, middle class Arab and Daisy kids, right? Who are looking up to, right? Suburban middle class Americans. Muslims, when they went to places like Africa, you didn't see them taking on African holidays, right? When they went to China, you saw them fiercely against the common culture over there. So much so that the Chinese Muslims, according to Hajj, who told me Hajj went there uh, and his wife is Chinese, right? Who told me that, and his wife actually told me directly, the Muslims have a bad rap for being rough, right? And so I said, why are they rough? She's like, they are like, what are like 2%? Yeah. Of a nation of how many billion? They can be if they don't if they let their guard down for a second, they'll mm-hmm. be swallowed up by the common culture. Yep. Right. So th- she said Mashallah. they force the kids to eat during Ramadan. Yeah. At the schools. Yeah. yeah. So They're where like they the, force them to eat? Yeah. Where the Muslims live in a little pocket of the city where she mentioned that they live, the Muslims there are so fiercely anti the common culture that that's that's uh, the popular culture of China that the Chinese people view them as being like. 
you know, these rough and, 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 and abrasive people. people. You have to have that personality if you're going to survive. And the, 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 the parents pass that uh, on to their children, etc. Right? Yeah, I mean, and it's what you're saying, Doc. It's like people who are raising kids with the main goal that they become well off financially mm-hmm. and loved by their neighbors. Yeah. And that's the main goal. Right. So they're seeking a risk from other than Allah. They're seeking acceptance from other than Allah. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a failure on both counts. Yeah. Because it might be working for a couple of people here and a couple of people there. And it might have worked for a few generations. But look what's happening to, to the reputation of the Muslims here. Right. Pretty soon. It doesn't matter how much you do it. You're not mm-hmm. going to get there. And in fact, this is from the Prophet Sallallahu They won't accept you until you stop yes. worshiping Allah. Yeah. Right. So... You got. It doesn't matter how many concessions you make. No. Yeah, it's not never going to be enough. It's just foolish. When when we talk about oh, the Bosnian uh, genocide, those people were in bars. Mm-hmm. Those Muslims with a Muslim name. That's all you had. His only thing different was a Muslim name and and, and his religion and, and hanging out with the other. People. Yeah, they hung people, out. Yeah. They were neighbors, and they're all blonde and blue eyed. All of them were blonde and blue eyed, right? And they were in bars, and they didn't pray. Even Sami Kadavik's dad. Told, tells us and they tell, he tell or Sammy told us from his dad uh, funny stories about the earliest Bosnian community in America the imam would pray then they would go out to drink Subhanallah. Subhanallah. This, they wow. were very they were very like wow. they had barely any knowledge of the deen right and yet still when the time came right the genocide it didn't make a difference whether you were what kind of Muslim you were if you were a Muslim it doesn't matter if you drank or anything yeah. Didn't matter if you didn't even know about your religion. If you had a Muslim name, they were going after you, right? So you can't. There's no sloughing off any of your Islam is not going to save you. Also, it didn't matter if the women were wearing hijab. Or not. It didn't make a difference. Hijab, no hijab. It didn't make a difference. If you were a Muslim, that's it. They went after you. And now, let me tell you something else. Uh, I don't know. Was it you just told me that uh, someone drove a bus? I think in Germany. No, no, in Germany. Yeah, this is, uh, uh, I was just told that in Germany, someone drove a bus or 18-wheeler or something mm. right into the curb, killing like, I don't know how many people, right? How are you going to stop that? Like the Western world, the security forces have to ask themselves, how are we going to stop this? There's no way possible to stop someone from accessing a car. Yeah, of course. So if, so if that's the case, what I'm seeing is that they're eventually going to have to say, we need to stop the message that they're getting all together. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, right. so we, we we touched on uh, <coughs> the disrespect of previous prophets. Now I'd like to flip it, right, and talk about, you know, why people have a problem, especially now that we're in Rabiul Awwal, right? People have this problem that they're afraid to overpraise the Rasul Sallallahu hmm. Just one. I just want to make one thing or ask Shashadi one question before we get into that. So. For me, I see parallels in what uh, Ben Israel mm-hmm. was doing with their prophets, and they had a lot. Like sometimes they had multiple prophets at the same time, right? There would be like two or three prophets living in the same time, or one would follow right after the other. They would generations where there, where there was always a prophet among them. I see strong parallels between that and the way that Muslims mm. treat people of knowledge today. Mm, right, like they have this 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 disdain. Mm-hmm. This, what are you better? I'm sure that you have some secrets. Mm-hmm. Like all this kind of, it's it's. And I'm not saying that the ulama are at all like the anbiya, right? Mm-hmm. 
but I think it's I think it's patterned of the same psychological behavior, yeah. right? And and because they have the same role of representing the law right. and the path to Allah, and the Prophet peace be upon him said, ummati bani Israel." Right, the scholars of my ummah are like the prophets of Bani Israel, right. not in their sinlessness. Uh, the tafsir of that hadith is that, or the sharh, is that not in their sinlessness, but in they that they represent the religion, right? Right. Uh, and they should be, and chances are, you're gonna the more knowledge you have, you should be having more piety and more closeness to Allah, as the prophets did relative to the people. And that this is actually a big uh, common thing amongst a number of crowds is that uh, is hating on the general not a specific person the general environment of knowledge mm. the general environment of not like hating on it the class mocking of it yeah. yeah mocking it mocking them right uh it's actually you'll see this a lot <clears throat> yeah, right? and it's not going to spell anything good yeah like somebody was yeah. telling me that there was an azari um i don't know if you had graduated or if he was like close to graduate but like an advanced student at Azhar who, you know, they take the bus across town because that's how they get around. Yeah. That he would take off the robe and the, the, the Christmas kufi, right? SubhanAllah. The, the red and white kufi. <laughs> yeah. And, would, like, wrap it up and put it in a bag or something. So that when he, he rode the bus, people wouldn't know that he was from other Because he would get, like, uh, abused yeah. for that. Right? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, it should be the opposite. SubhanAllah. Yeah. Now, before we get to the next thing that you said, uh, the Tower of Babel is another thing that needs it. to be Let's talked about. Let's go for it, absolutely. That's what the original question Yeah, yeah that's what the original Technically, that was the original question, the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel is basically back in the way back, like uh, Sumerian times, uh, magic became widespread. So Allah Azza wa Jal willed and wished to show the people the difference between magic and prof- prophetic miracles. Now, one of the confusions is that the assumptions is that Allah sent angels to introduce magic to the earth. This is actually, according to most of the tafsir, not the case. Cases that magic had existed, having to do with the jinn. Okay, and these angels came to show people how magic was done, to show them that it's a constructed thing. Just like when when you have um, people make videos and websites on, uh, like debunking a magic trick or showing you how it's done, so that you're not mesmerized by it or controlled by it. This is the tafsir and the sharh. Of why they came to show people. However, in order to teach them that, you're actually going to show them what magic is, right? right. So they would then warn them, we're going to show you how this works, but make sure you don't use it, right? So this is how the angels came down and did this, right? And that uh, Suleiman wished to end magic in his time. So he went out and he had. Uh, his forces gather every documentation on how magic was done. Then he put it under, he dug it and buried it under his own throne so that he would be on top of it all the time. Now some people found out about this and after his death, they dug it up, right? And they started using it, right? And the, and according to some uh, of the Muslim sources, the, the Kabbalah and all this is inc- uh, has some of that information inside of it. And this is what the uh, Knights Templars were after, yeah. right? And well, they, yeah. you know, the Knights Templar were into like a cold practice. They were into that once they yeah. were had been in Jerusalem for a long time. Yeah, when the when the people came back and found them, they were like, "You guys aren't even Christians yeah. anymore." Yeah, they they say that that's what they found. That that's wow. what they 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 came to find. They found that stuff, and uh, that's why the Quran says Suleiman did not become a kafir, right? Because like I told you, like the in the Hebrew uh, scriptures, Solomon dies a pagan. And according to them as well, he used magic. 
he used magic to, to control the people. That's according to them. We know that Allah gave him control over the winds and over the jinn, right? Uh, so they claim that it was magic that he used. So when we talk about all these things about the prophets, it should actually inspire you to make sure you have utmost respect and transmit that utmost respect and you get so much barakah. And also it's a practice. If you respect your parents, you respect your prophets, you respect Allah, You're gonna re there's going to be an aura of respect in the whole culture. Right. So, but why? But now to your second question: Why are people so afraid of overpraising the prophets? No, those aren't the people. Those are the ignorant. Right. I mean, that's uh, just ignorance. Uh, the, the, the only thing that you cannot do is make him a god. Yeah. Right. The prophet Sallallahu said, "Do not make me like Prophet Asa bin Maryam. That's it. Do not and, make him a god. Yeah. And was, it's praise me. Just don't go as far as the Christians. Have yeah. Been. I was listening to which means go. Far, wow. like way further than most people think. Way, way further than we, probably the people who get accused of going to Fargo. Yeah, I was listening to Sheikh Sadiq, right? And the, 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 it said that the grave, the 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 area where the body of the where, where the, the grave of the Prophet yeah. is greater than even the mm -hmm. the Arsh of Allah, right? Subhanallah. Like in 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 cre it's the greatest create it's the, the greatest piece of land on the, the greatest universe. creation is the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Therefore, it, that piece of Land is greater than the, all the heavens. Mm, right? That's the logic of Imam Malik. Imam Malik himself is the one who promotes uh, and teaches the people. Right? He taught the people uh, uh, about respect to the Prophet. One of Harun al-Rashid, I think, was called him to him, and he Harun al-Rashid sent Imam Malik a donkey, mm. his own donkey, uh, to ride on when he was visiting Medina. Imam Malik came walking. He was sick. Imam Malik was old at the time, and he was sick, and he was came leaning, barefoot. So he said, Malik, uh, I sent you my donkey. He said, I do not ride a donkey in the city of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And he said, what about your sh your shoes? He said, I don't wear. Right? Uh, was this is that correct? Imam Malik did not well, wear sandals in the, in the city of the Prophet. I mean, you want to talk about someone doing something which... The Sahaba didn't do it, quote unquote, right? The Sahaba didn't do it. The Imam Malik would never recite a hadith, except that he had a full ghusl, he had his best clothes on, he had his turban on, and he had his misk on, and he was facing, sitting next to the grave of the Prophet. And he said, Don't even say the grave of the Prophet, say the Prophet. Yeah, you shouldn't say you're visiting the grave of the Prophet. You should say you're visiting the Rasul. You're visiting the Prophet. If you want to know really who honors the Prophet, peace be upon him, go and see. Uh, Imam Malik and then tell us then that we're all in excess because no one was more sensitive related to, regarding the Prophet peace be upon so him true. than Malik Ibn Anas and no one will ever accuse him of innovation or, or of excess why is there like this like uh, allergy to like this idea like I, I remember I think Alex was saying it. it's like lots of people now it's like they worship the idea of Tawheed instead of worshipping Allah itself Allah Himself, right? Uh, and 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 this lo the love of the Rasul Sallallahu is is a topic that comes up a lot, right? People say it's like, oh, how, you know, you guys over praise the Prophet Sallallahu mm. Like, is this even possible? I don't know how it's possible to over praise the only reason that you're not going to be in hell. Because tell me, yeah. if there wasn't if there wasn't the Prophet peace be upon him, how would you have known about Allah? But right? Subhanallah, if you look at it. I don't think we, we can hear We won't be able uh, to hear On our five daily prayers We say the Fasehud uh, And also uh, For Rasulullah On all, the, all those prayers On a daily basis In the In the Tashahud 
we are directing salam yeah. to the Prophet. That's right. why in fiqh, exactly. in fiqh, to direct speech to anyone other than Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in the salah invalidates the salah, right? Mm. Because when in your tashahud, right, the dominant tashahud is assalamu alayka ayyuha nabi, salam to you, O Prophet, yeah. and then uh, assalamu alayka wa ala ibadillah salahin, peace be upon us, right, and the righteous pious words so you can mention the, the the everyone else but you can't direct speech to them if you direct speech to another person in salah besides uh, the prophet peace be upon him another human being besides the prophet your salah is invalid even if someone sneezes you can say allahumarhamhu you don't say yarhamuk allah right in fiqh they talk about this allahumarhamhu oh allah give him rahmah you don't say may allah have mercy on you because then you're directing speech in the prayer to another person this invalidates your prayer. But you can direct your speech to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So yeah, you're saying, As-salamu alayka, ayyuhu nabi Oh, salam be to you, O Prophet. And this, will this also mean that the, the, because the, I know, I, I was listening once again, Sheikh Sadiq, he, he mentioned that uh, you should not say that any of the prophets are dead. You should not. And he's saying, mm. to the yeah. point that he said that a person that says this is is the son of a devil. <laughs> <laughs> right? If the Quran tells us don't even say martyrs are dead and yeah. we know prophets are greater than martyrs. <laughs> right. There is no rank of a martyr except that the prophet has surpassed that far. Of course. And, and Allah says in Surah Al-Duha, That means the next life is better for you than this life. That means he sees more, he knows more, he has more capabilities. After his death, greater than during his death. And you, you know, I was just mentioning to Maureen and, and, and Saad earlier that uh, if you look at Ibn Kathir, mm-hmm. right, in his uh, tafsir of Surah An-Nisa in the ayah, um, when they were wronging themselves, if only they had come to you and asked, mm-hmm. and you asked for forgiveness to them, and they asked for forgiveness, and they would have found the being off returning, right? Yeah. In, his, in the tafsir of that, Imam Ibn Kathir, mentions the the story of the tabi who came to medina and went to the resting place of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he went to he said ya rasulullah and he you know quoted what's what's in the ayah and talked about his own sinfulness and asked the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to make dua and ask his, for his forgiveness right and ibn kathir who's a student of ibn taymiyyah right the sheikh of yeah. salafi islam and he doesn't say and this is a bid'ah, or this is haram, or, or this is kufr, or this is shirk. As if Ibn Kathir wouldn't recognize shirk yeah. if he saw it. But he doesn't mention, and he relates the story without any warnings and without any saying, but you should never do this. He relates it, he doesn't write about, and this is what you give should do. Give a ruling. Yeah. But he doesn't give a ruling, which means that he's accepting it. So, and then think give me about a break. Why, what, if, if there was no value, then why wouldn't uh, the verse just say, make a far? Why would the verse say, if they came to you, right, and made it so far, they would find Allah most merciful. That's because, what is the wasila? Wasila is you have angered someone so badly, right? But that person, let's say uh, in human context, has a beloved. If you're able to access the beloved of the one that you angered, right, then at that point you might unlock the mercy of that person, mm-hmm. the forgiveness of that person. Because you have upset them so badly that they'll, you'll just be rejected every single time. But if they could access the one that you love, the one that you hold dear, right? Then in the presence of the one you hold dear, you're not going to turn anyone away. Right. And I uh, remember this when one time I was in a bit of a jam and in trouble. So what I did was I actually went to someone that I knew, right? I knew 
that my my uh, uh, parents couldn't say no to, right? There is always people that in your life that you, you can't say no to them, right? Usually your wife, right? You can't say no. <laughs> okay. So imagine you have an enemy rival and you just hanging up the phone every single time. But then they come and your wife says, hey, there's someone here for dinner. I think we should talk. The situation might change, right? Right. The is going to change. Right? Might change Alex badly. Might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex is going to say, yeah, there's two people on the, dark, on the, on the blacklisted now. <laughs> but uh, but that's the thing. That's the whole concept of intercession or wasila is that you have angered. All, your deeds are so bad, right? By yourself, your toba is not accepted. However, if you come in the presence of the beloved of Allah, then your toba will be accepted. How are we going to be in the presence of the beloved of Allah, right? All these years later and this far away from Medina, right? It's by res- honoring, respecting, making salah and salam upon him and believing that when you approach Allah Azza wa Jal with love of the Prophet in your heart and on your mind, that's as if you are with him, mm. right? <clears throat> I, I heard this one thing. Um, I don't know if this is true. I wanted to ask this. Is I heard that the... the the day that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was born, mm-hmm. right? Like that specific night is greater than even Laylatul Qadr, right? Because Laylatul Qadr, right, mm-hmm. was a gift to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And how can the receiver of the gift be lower uh-huh. than the gift? Subhanallah, that's the thing. Now people misunderstand that and say that we say the same reward. No, we're not saying the same reward. The reward of Laylatul Qadr is known and uncontested. Right. But as a, in uh, logically speaking. If you did not have event A, you would have never had had event B. If you'd not had been for the Prophet ﷺ, you would not have had Laylatul Qadr or Ramadan or Islam. Right. right? So he is the origin and the fountainhead of all of this khair that has come from Allah through him. ﷺ. This is why there's even an ayah. Allah says in the Quran, we were not going to torture them while you are amongst them. The tafsirs tell us that we can still, he can be in us, not, uh, he's physically in the city. This ayah is saying, we, as long as he's amongst them, we're not going to torture them. Like meaning in Mecca. Allah. Right? But he can be within us, right? Through this respect, this love, etc. Right? It's respect and love and, and followership and making a big deal of little sunnas and making much salah and salam upon him. All right? And not saying horrible things like, uh, like disrespectful things uh, that people are now accustomed to saying, right? About Subhanallah. It. You know, you were talking about Imam Malik earlier, Sheikhna. Mm. And uh, if you look in the in Muqtasir uh, Khalil, Imam Malik's fatwas on being on saying, it's not saying like the type of stuff that people in the West say about the mm. prophets, right? It's not like when people speak about Isa alayhi salatu salam, and they they they'll like use his his name. And then a curse word, and then put his title after it, right? Yeah. Like it's his middle name, like just vileness. Not just not that. Imam Malik's fatwa is: if a person describes the Prophet sallallahu with a characteristic that is different than he was, like a lie, mm. right? Like you were to say that he was really tall and skinny, mm. or he was fat, or he any of those things. This is kufr. Subhanallah. Imam Malik's fatwa on that yeah. is kufr. Subhanallah. And. That up, and and kufr and that they sh- you should be executed for purposely lying about the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And as soon as you say that, right, I think we were talking about like hadith that, yeah, right, that can be even good, 
Right, because it's not just his his fat Imam Malik's fatwa radiallahan is not just it's a bad thing. It's just any lie yeah. about him. Right. And also they present so the somebody presented him with a question and they said, What about someone who is being mocked for being a a, a sheep herder, right? Like all of his friends mm. are merchants. Yeah. And they look at him and they go, Oh, whatever, what do you know? You're ha- you're a sheep herder, right? And then he says how, how can you mock me for this if the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam cared for sheep? Yeah. He said that person is a blasphemer and needs to repent because he's Why? being disrespected and now he's bringing the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and comparing yeah. himself to yeah. him. Yeah. So he said that's blasphemy. It's, it's, uh, he's a he's a zindik and he needs to return to his. Now he's pulling the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam into your squabbles. Right. Yeah. Subhanallah. So wow. forget about open oh, yeah. disregard. Right. Just saying something that's not true. Or even trying to bring him into your squabbles to settle your to to, to fend, defend yourself right. by comparing yeah. yourself to him. So the big great scholar in Islam, Ibn Khaim al Jawziyah, also student of Ibn Taymiyyah, he had a fatwa that he authored that stated the impermissibility of going to Medina with the intention of visiting the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Rather, you go with the intention to pray, and then. The prophet is there, so you visit him. Now, in, in Syria, as an attorney, in the, <laughs> in, the, in the area around Syria, there were Malikis. Now, Ibn al Qayyim was in Umrah. All right, and on the way back, he's going to pass by this village. The Qadi of this Maliki village had received this fatwa. All, everyone had heard the fatwa. Ibn al Qayyim is famous. When he re- issues a fatwa, it goes to everyone, everyone gets it. In in Damascus, the Shafi'iyah said the fatwa was wrong and we, they rebutted it. The Hana Ahnaf rebutted it. The Malikiyah, they didn't bother rebutting the fatwa. They pronounced a fatwa on his death. <laughs> they pronounced a fatwa for his execution, okay, for disrespecting the Prophet. Okay. Because how is the masjid more important? <laughs> how is the building more imp- Okay, who was there first? The building? Who, who built the masjid? Right, the Prophet said and built the masjid. What about the, in Mecca? The Prophet was in Mecca before there was a masjid. So how are you going to put the the result of a person's work in front of the work person itself? That, so now what happens is I've never heard of that. Yeah, that's they considered this oh a big God. disrespect. Yeah. And Ibn Al Qayyim, when they heard, when they heard, right, Allah. that he's in Umrah. So yeah. what did they do? The Qadi sent out search parties, Shabab, Maliki Shabab, out there to search him, track him down, and bring him to our village, so we could we could make carry uh, out the justice. Uh, we give him three days. Oh, by the way, the Maliki Ibn Qadi Ayad has another thing. By the way, now they're going to bring him back for the execution. They're not going to bring him back to make toba. Why? They said the Qadi Ayad says, and the Malikis are, are specific to this. The insult you can make kufr of Allah. You get three days to repent. You could do all these things. If you insult the Prophet, peace be upon him. You can repent, that's between you and Allah, but you're going to get punished. Yes. Why is that? You, there's no turning back. You can turn back with Allah, that's your business in the afterlife. But in this law of this land, you're not turning back. Why is that? Because the insult to the Prophet, وسلم, he is the only one who can forgive it. Right? Mm. He is the only one who can forgive it. Right? We cannot forgive on his behalf. So right. you say, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. You didn't insult me. You insulted the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So that's between you and him on the Yom al But right now, so right now we're going to establish the law on you. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So this, so Ibn Khaim had heard about, he heard that this search party of young Malachites were coming for him. And he went around and he made it him safely to Damascus. I'm to picturing not, like to people like story. Harun <laughs> going out. So when some people told me that, you know, the, the people don't know that the Murabat al-Hajj and his group, and we're not even worthy to be speaking about Murabat al-Hajj, but it's an honor for us to even know that there was a man of this level of taqwa that <laughs> fled, he fled uh, his city in the 60s, I believe. Mm-hmm. The 60s, there were barely light bulbs. In, in some of these countries there are barely there are radios in some of these countries he fled that for the believing that the people have turned to the dunya there's too much dunya he can't practice his deen properly and he didn't leave the dawah but he said I'm doing it here and he would teach day and night he wasn't worshipping Allah being selfish someone came and asked him for a wird I want a wird I want a wird is like a morning litany and a night litany he said come to you I'll give you a wird every morning right and it's your fiqh lesson so you can learn fiqh and then go teach fiqh so it's not like he was selfish and turned away from the people. No, he kept teaching day and night, but he fled. Right. So uh, what was he even what was he even saying? Oh, people don't know that Marabit al-Hajj and his methodology is extremely close to the way of the Prophet ﷺ, such that even the things that we can uh, condone and consider good that are that are weren't literally found in the previous generations. He doesn't do, right? He doesn't do any of these things, right? He doesn't do. He's he. They don't have qasidas. They don't send qasidas. He doesn't say it's haram. He can do it, but they, he doesn't do it. He doesn't use beads. He doesn't use dhikr beads, right? Mm. He doesn't establish mawalid. He doesn't believe it's haram. His 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 dep, uh, second in command, you can say, or his uh, inheritor of his position is um, uh, Sheikh Haddamin. He told the students, if you want to do a mawalid and sing the burda, you could do it. But he himself just doesn't do it, right? So they're on that type of austere and simple deen that someone said they're almost like Maliki Salafis. I was like, oh, don't, you're making a big mistake. You're making a huge mistake. Number one, you're mistaken because they don't do something, but they don't pronounce heresy upon it. They understand the fiqh of difference opinion regarding new matters, right? And what constitutes a bid'ah shara'iyah. They understand the fiqh of it, but they choose the safe side. Right, the side that there's no diff- dispute on—that's their choice. So they don't make a heresy out of it. Number two, if you compare their love for the Prophet and their rulings, the rulings that they have on disrespect—forget love. The pro- love is subjective, right? We could say love is in your heart. Who knows? But look at the rulings, which are objective facts, okay, that they have regarding speech on the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and honoring the Prophet and respect to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, right? Uh, make a comparison between them and the, whoever you're quoting from whatever group that you want to quote that you think is, is as austere as them you'll find it's he- heaven and earth difference mm-hmm. even they would say don't we don't we won't even say that we won't celebrate the melody no if you don't do it then you just don't but even to utter those words as if saying no, no i don't care about the prophet it's like a harsh word towards the prophet right. even sheikh Sadiq went so far as to tell us if someone says to you and says in a room that the Prophet ﷺ used to love to eat um, uh, squash, which is true. And then someone says, well, I don't like squash, though. He said, this itself is a harsh word towards the Prophet. This itself, wow. you have to rectify yourself. He's not having respect to the one who he was sent and you were saved. When he was sent and you answered his call, you were saved. Right. So you have to have respect for that one and never even utter 
right? If you don't, he, he said, he said, if you don't like it, you don't have to like it. It's right. not Sharia to like it. Yeah. But don't express yourself like right. that. Hush your mouth. Yeah, yeah. hush your mouth. Yep. Like, imagine if your boss comes over, right? And your boss is, you know, cutting through that steak thinking, am I going to give you a raise or not? Yeah. And then he says, you know what? I really love putting mustard on my steak. And your kid says, ew, that's gross. You're going to, that kid's going to get smacked. That kid's, that, that kid's not going to finish the sentence. He's not yeah, finishing the yeah, sentence, yeah. right? Before uh, uh, something meets his mouth, yeah, shut it, yeah. right? So, as you can understand that type of respect, yeah. right? For someone who's about to benefit you, right. imagine someone who's benefit you this life and next life. No, so right. now, so, sorry, so yeah. you know, uh, it's incredible that you brought up this story about Murat al-Hajj and why he, Hafidullah, and why he moved out to, yeah. to the desert. Because the real answer to these people who go, Oh, you guys are praising the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam too much, or this is shirk and that's shirk and this is. Is what is the Prophet's pronouncement sallallahu alaihi wasallam on shirk in this ummah? Mm. Not worried about it. Not worried about it. Worried about what? Hubud dunya. Hubud dunya. Subhanallah. Hubud dunya. So yep. he was not worried about sallallahu alaihi wasallam about us following and committing shirk. It's nope. not going to happen, but we will fall in love with this dunya. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not going to happen. Shirk and shirk is. Uh, the Prophet said, I don't fear it. That means it's not even giving it a concern. Shirk is done with and finished in this ummah. Right? Yeah. This is what the Prophet said. It's finished and done with. Now, if it's just because some people have inflated every third, fourth thing to become an act of shirk, well, that's not our, that's, that's, that's their mistake. Yeah. That's their mistake, not uh, uh, actual shirk. Because who are you going to believe? The Prophet or them? Right? Exactly. Um, just one last thing about these people's so Jaladina uh, Suyuti right Imam yeah. Suyuti he was asked about when you're writing right and you write the name of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam can you just make like a quick abbreviation oh, yeah. and he said no categorically haram he said moreover whoever was the first person to invent that and spread mm. it they should have had their hands cut subhanallah. off subhanallah Subhanallah. Invent what? Say that again. Like S A W S, right? Like when you're writing Saad, in a text yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, but I'm writing Saad. notes. It's too. It's so hard. <coughs> yeah. Right. Right. The fu- <laughs> the funny thing is, you're writing a book. Yeah. Right. You're writing an essay, or the email is this long. Right. right? Two pages long email yeah. or post. And that's that's and, an and inconvenience. And this is the, this is right. the inconvenience. I mean, yeah. o- o- open Bukhari, open Muslim. Yeah. Do they have? Do they say, call Rasulullah. S. S. Yeah. Saad. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is why the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever does not make salah upon me, it's his stinginess. <coughs> right. And think about that. You are you're writing heart. an essay, right? Right. And you don't want to add four words. What is in your heart that doesn't yeah. want to add four words? Yeah. I ask myself, why 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 right. don't you want to write those four words? Right. When you're writing out like two thousand You're writing a, a two thousand word piece in the first place. Yeah. Right, subhanAllah. And now they've it's been made. No one has an excuse because you auto type it in. Right, exactly. and in a beautiful little graphic. Yeah, right. It's like it's, a little. It's it's condensed. an ornament. It, yeah. Right, it's beautiful. Right, and you could just auto type it into your work because of you know if you're lazy to write the whole thing. Right. So no one has an excuse for those things. And by the so, way, just one last thing I'll say on this is that anyone uh, who goes around saying just Muhammad. When they refer to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam I hope that little children Start calling your mother and father By their first name Like they have no honor SubhanAllah Think about that I want to see if your dad call, If you call your yeah. dad by his first name yeah. I want to see what happens If little kids come around right. And they start calling your father yeah, right. you know, Exactly uh, uh, Whatever his name right. is yeah. Right yeah. On a first name basis Yeah And you go That's Amr And you yeah. go yeah. He go whatever That's yeah. his name Whatever yeah. That's his name Right 
You call him the Prophet. You call yeah. him yeah. Sayyidina Muhammad. Call him Sayyidina Muhammad. Imam Shafi said you can never even utter the Prophet's name without saying Sayyidina Muhammad. This is the ruling of Imam Shafi. Yeah, in the Tashahud, Imam yeah. Shafi's ruling is you don't say Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad. It's Sayyidina and Sayyidina Ibrahim as well. Yeah, subhanAllah. And then when they respond back and say, well, in the time they were calling him Muhammad. Okay, go go transport yourself back to that time then, yeah, right? Right, because times change, right? And that's an act of disrespect in our time, right? Right, absolutely. That's an act of disrespect. So I mean, some so there are times like you can put yeah. kohal on your eyes. The sunnah was to put kohal on your eyes, right? Yeah. So why don't you follow that sunnah now? Right. Dress up with your hipster outfit. Yeah. Put kohal on your eyes. You'll get because weirdos have stolen yeah, it from us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Go do that. Right? So I have, so I, have one last, I have one last. I have one last point. Yeah. So yeah. I have uh, one last discussion uh, before we do close. Um, so as I was talking to Alex yesterday, you know, he mentioned uh, the, you know, this idea of people spreading hadith as well that are good, but they're not necessarily true, right? And this happens too. So Alex, if you could give us a couple of examples, not not necessarily. They're just they're not, not true. They're not true. They're not true. You, you true. said hadiths that people say about yeah. the prophet yes. that are not yeah. correct. That are that are yeah. not hadith. correct. Fake hadith. That they that that first of all most people don't even know so like there's and these the, are commonly yes yeah so yeah they're big they're commonly yeah. so like you're always somebody will be talking about the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam right and they'll go oh then a person brought him a bunch of grapes and then he ate one and then he ate the other and then he finished them all without sharing them and the people were shocked but it turned out that it, the first one he tasted was sour and then he tasted and so uh, then he ate them all so that no one else would have mashallah right this is completely made up yeah false never happened subhanallah it's haram to say it Mm -hmm. Like yeah. or to spread it, because you're not actually increasing him. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Your fake stories aren't doing him any benefit. Now most people sp say this without knowing that, yeah. or just like the the old Jewish lady that used to throw garbage or curse right. him or whatever, and then one day she's sick and, and she, yeah. he doesn't see her, so he goes to visit her and find out how she's. Done. Never happened. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Every time there's somebody there that goes. Go. Wait, really? There you go. Yeah. Never happened. I feel like these are like the you know you, those email threads that you get to have like ten forwards in them. It's like yeah. four, 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 four. It's like that kind of stuff. Yeah. We need yeah. like a snow <laughs> for popular yeah. hadith. Yeah. This is uh, one of the things. There are two things that uh, need to be revived in our jama, our any uh, whatever we want to call our jama. All right. Uh, you know the traditionalist type that are uh, following Imam Ghazali and their deen and the four madhabs and the Abu Hassan al-Ashari etc right? uh, the first thing is that we actually don't we actually don't <laughs> why are you cracking Moy up Moyes losing it over Moy, here why are you cracking he's up losing it. what's going on I, I love how you said that so. <laughs> <laughs> he's losing it he started losing it man. he threw that in there so casually like <laughs> <laughs> and he said it was such like finesse. It's just like what it is. Anyways, that is what it is. The two things that need to be revived. Firstly, one of the young there was a young person, and he was making a lot of salah and salam on the Prophet peace be upon him. This is in the current times, right? And he said, finally, he saw a vision of the Prophet right? And the Prophet in this hadith, he asked him, "What can I do, right, to serve?" And the Prophet said, fish out the false hadiths. Allah. Seek out the false hadith and write a book eliminating false hadith. Right. So we think that this is only Albani's, Sheikh Albani's <laughs> job and the uh, only they, Salafis and Wahhabis, do this job. And we love false hadith. 
This is no how way. this is like the opposite. You yeah. know, like when people define themselves, yeah. they know more about the one who yeah. they don't like than the truth. We don't care this uh, about I mean, any group. You got to yeah. follow the truth, right? So there are a lot of mistaken hadiths that come in yeah. and they have to be eliminated, and, right? And that's after, you know, how many hadiths did these these false hadiths did the muhaddis toss out in the yeah. beginning? Right, yeah. like thousands of them, right? So because out of caution, because the yeah, because the signal to noise ratio was so high, mm-hmm. they were like a lot mm-hmm. of these are just ha- are just invalid. Exactly, and they were they were cautious. Yeah, they were very cautious, right? And Imam Malik as well. To go back to Imam Malik, he they said he died with a big uh, chest of notes in notebooks in which there were so many hadith, right? And he said not every one of these hadith I say is a lie or a falsehood. But he's not sharing it with the public because he knows it's not strong, right? And it's not, there's some weakness to it. Okay. So there, here you have the combination of the great love of the Prophet ﷺ as reflected in the rulings, right? And this great caution with hadith, right? And somehow in the Sufi circles, this looseness with hadith as a way to show that we are not Salafis or Wahhabis. I tell you, in this matter, the Salafis, some some hadiths that they criticize, they criticize some hadiths that are actually fine, right? So they might go overboard. But this ethic is a correct ethic. It's a fine ethic. It's a good right. ethic to make sure that you cite something sound. The second thing, we revive like love of the Prophet ﷺ. This, in the past 10 years, this has been a common like teaching, right? Love of the Prophet, love of the Prophet ﷺ. But I would venture to say that there is some subjectivity in love. Love is great. Everyone loves love. But there's some subjectivity. Rather, I would like to to add to that, not to remove it, but to pad it with the rulings related to the Prophet ﷺ and the Sunnah, because this knowledge is not as fuzzy, warm and fuzzy. It's not as fun as spirituality and dhikr and love, right? But it actually grounds you for the future. And you can ground an entire family, a community, and a generation by sharing and repeating certain rulings, right? Like what we just talked about, respect to the Prophet. Like, I mean, anyone who condones the groups that disrespect the Prophet ﷺ, we should know that this is haram for us to do. Like, if you have, if there are people who disrespect the Prophet, peace be upon him, if it happens to be that you're cross paths as neighbors or coworkers, that's fine, right? And he happens to be that, whatever, fine. But to respect them and honor them just because they're that, this doesn't make any sense. This is an insult, right? Like, I don't know what's, what is the, there's a big hoopla on the Qadianis today. Somehow they made the news, right? In our, in our community, in our circles, yeah. there's a big buzz they're, on the Qadianis, right? I don't they understand made, why. They were, they were at some kind of conference. They were at some kind of conference and supposedly some Sunni authorities recognized them, took pictures with them. I, uh, mm. Whatever it is, I mean... If you re- if you took a picture with someone who was your doctor and he happened to be a Qadiani, right? For us, right, this is not as big a deal. But if you go and he's, you know, an imam and you're visiting him as an imam, it's right. as if you're you're giving know, him you're, you're giving con- him credit. It's like an yeah. endorsement, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's so, exactly uh, what they use those things for. Those people are such propaganda. Oh, yeah. they are searching yeah. and fishing, and this yeah. is a big day for them. That's why they're pushing this picture all yeah. over the web. And the thing is, if you took a picture with a, a rabbi, because yeah. there's people of all faiths there at that okay. time. If you took a picture with a rabbi or a Buddhist monk, that's fine. Yeah, it's total different. But religion. these yeah. people are not the yeah. same. Yeah. They're yeah. the same. I think it's it, something completely so different. I think it goes back to one of the things uh, Dr. Shady said in one of the first podcasts. Why even share a platform with these guys? 
Yeah. You know, it's like, why are you even associating with them in that way that somebody might even take a picture with you, mm-hmm. like dapping them up? Exactly. You know? <laughs> when you when you put yourself in a position to be misunderstood, you put yourself in a position. Let's say we take we have Husnadan and say, oh, the person just got caught. Yeah. But you're putting yourself in a position, right, where you're fraternizing. You could be misunderstood and whatnot. So when we talk about the the, the rulings is very important. Now, here's another thing. Respect of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is reflected not only in the Prophet, but in his wives, his family, and his companions. All of them? All of them. All, of them. All three categories. And the wives are both family, their companions, uh, their family in the household. The, the family are by blood and by companionship. So how do, you, how do people harm? Do, do we have anyone in the Ummah who insults the Prophet? Technically, there's Absolutely. not a technically, person. No. Yeah. Technically, no. If you do, you're not in it. Yeah. If you do, you're not in it. But tell me, if I insult your wife, am I insulting the insulting you? Absolutely. If yeah. I insult your mother, am I insulting you? If I insult your best friends, right. am I insulting you? Your yeah. father-in-law, right. your son-in-law. Yep. Yeah. If I insult all of these, your cousin. Right, yeah. Then I'm insulting you. Right. Absolutely. Indirectly. Yep. Right. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to forgive for himself what he wouldn't forgive for others. Yeah. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam never said. Whoever insults me goes to hell. He said, right, whoever hurts Fatima, right? He talked about Fatima Zahra. He said, don't talk about my companions, right? Don't even bring the, their news. Like, he doesn't want to hear bad news about his companions. Even if it was true, I don't want to hear it. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, that goes for anybody, right? Like, if you Any say, if you say yeah. something to me, right. fine. Yeah. You say something to my wife, then we're going to have a problem. We're going to have a problem. Father, yeah. We're going to have a yeah. problem, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You could, you, so, so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had sorry, Bedouins sorry. grabbing him. Yeah. Calling him, yeah, Muhammad. Right? With bad manners, right? Right. Right. Astaghfirullah. But he, he, he just showed them, right, this is how you respond back. And you respond back with goodness, right? However, nobody disrespected Abu Bakr Siddiq except the Prophet ﷺ didn't even look at them. I remember Umar ibn Khattab, the story, Umar had a disputation with Abu Bakr, right? He had a disputation with Sayyidina Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr uh, went to the Prophet ﷺ, said, Umar and I are having a dispute, right? And, and Umar always contradicts me, okay? Then the Prophet didn't say anything. So then Umar ibn Khattab went to Abu Bakr's house because he felt bad. He found Abu Bakr is not there. Now he knew he was in, in a bad situation. Why? Because Abu Bakr went to the Prophet. So Umar went to the Prophet wasallam, knocked on the door, came in. Uh, he was told to enter. When he entered, Umar, this is Umar ibn Khattab, who some people said he was over seven foot tall, right? The Prophet wasallam, was sitting down, scolded him. And he said, do you... Do you upset him when I had one companion? When he, do you upset him when I was alone with him in the cave? Do you upset him when there was no other man next to me except him? Do you upset him? That means I don't even want to hear the case, right? He's saying, I don't want to hear the case. You can't upset him, regardless of what happens. You cannot upset this individual because of his ranking with me, right? So you go and show. The Prophet him never showed this anger for himself, right? Never showed it for himself. He showed it for his companions. So to insult the companion. And not only that, it doesn't even make sense. That means the Prophet ﷺ, if he is not going to raise Abu Bakr and Omar after 20 years of education and tarbiyah, and they're going to turn on him, right? That means, and you're going to follow him? This is, what, kind of, what kind of prophet would do and that? his wives. Yeah. He made and bad choices w- in marriage. He, 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 his marriage and his best friends 
then where is Allah in this picture as well? Yeah. Right? Where is Allah in this picture? If it, the best friends and the wives of your prophet are failed on him and lied and... Uh, and married him. his daughters. SubhanAllah. And married his daughter. That means as a father-in-law, this is an accusation. Yes. This is a huge accusation of the character, of the intelligence and the capability like, of the Prophet. Do you marry your daughters to like low, Future low killers? people? Yeah. Future no, of course killers not. And, subhanAllah. By the way, when we did the Road Ahead class yeah. uh, at Safina Society and we were doing the Lives of the Companions and we only got through a few because it could take, right? So in one term. So we covered basically the the Khulafa Rashidun and um, the wives and the children, right? Mm-hmm. And then as we were going through it, I was like, actually, we could have just called this Ahl Bayt. Because they're all relatives yeah. of the Prophet Sayyidina Uthman, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, they're all... They're all about to... Muawiyah, is his cousin. SubhanAllah. Veil of the Sahaba. Yeah. We call him Veil of the Sahaba. By the way, you know some of the most beautiful poetry written in praise of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is Abu Sufyan. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. The curtains of the Sahaba is Abu Sufyan and Muawiyah. The two sides. Like you have a curtain from the right and the left, it's Abu Sufyan and Muawiyah. Did do, 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 do we say that they're superior to Ali and Abu, Abu Bakr and Omar? Of course not. No. However, they're the curtain. If you touch them, you have you have been tempted to attack the Sahaba. You will eventually move on to Uthman, Omar, right? Right. Sayyidah Aisha. Right. So that's why we call Suf, Abu Sufyan and Muawiyah the curtains of the Sahaba, right? And we know for sure that the Sahaba are greater than any other person after them, right? So just by categorically that you met the Prophet as a believer and died a believer, no matter what happens after that, right? Right. You, you are greater than any other person who is going to come after that, categorically speaking. Allah chose them for that position, and who are you to be, be talking about them and judging them? So this is uh, basically that when we talk about respect of Prophets, and Sayyid al-Kawnayn sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in particular, what we want to revive is the rulings not just love of the Prophet, which is subjective, right? Yeah. The rulings. Because if you talk about love of the Prophet, I could come however I want, however I want to come looking and and, and behaving and saying I love the and Prophet. And spin it, yeah. And spin it, and you don't know what's in my heart. I right. love the Prophet. Of I'm, course. I'm giving poetry. Yep. I'm attending. Mm-hmm. Love of the Prophet uh, involves respecting his sunan, right? Acting upon the law that he brought. This is more respect of the Prophet than someone coming, right, and having... Uh, you know, n- not acting uh, the part, but talking the part. Right. So Just hollow is, words. Yeah, we don't yeah. want hollow words. I mean, we. The, it's much harder to act on the law that he brought. Of course. Right? And it proves a lot more. But and, and it's not mutually exclusive, as we said. It's not mutually exclusive. The most cautious people in the religion, as we just been telling these stories about them, are also people with such love for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi 100% Sheikh. You know, remember, this is something that you and I spoke about before, too. I I was looking for a good translation of the dua that you make after the Adhan, right? Mm. For to give oh, to yeah. the Halakul group. And everyone that I came across, I said I have to write my own because they translate wasila oh. as uh having honor mm-hmm. and they tra- trans even Maqam al Mahmud as yeah. like a high place, right? So what are you talking about? Like you won't tra- you're They're, literally mistranslating it mm-hmm. because you're afraid that non-Arab speaking yeah. Muslims are going to commit shirk unbelievable by, yeah. by a dua that we're supposed to do this this dua there has been uh, the dua that uh, Elias is talking about is Allahumma rabba hadihi da'wat al-tamma wa salat al-qa'ima 
There's no problem with that. O Allah, Lord of this this beautiful, this complete call, which is the Adhan, and the prayer that's about to be pronounced or established. Ati Sayyidina Muhammad. Al Wasila wal Fadila. Wal Darajat al Rafi'a wal Maqam al Mahmud. Aladhi wa'atahu in Nakala Tukhiful Miyad. So it's Al Wasila and Fadila and the Maqam al Mahmud. Right? Now, these three things, if you online, whoever has been translating it, is refusing to translate Wasila as the connection and the intercession. Right? This is what the Wasila is. He is your means when the uh, uh, justice of Allah is coming down on everyone's head and it's not pretty because we're all doers of injustice, then how is that justice ever turned into Rahmah? By the sujood of the Prophet The sajda of the Prophet when, when Allah sees that Sayyid al-Kawnayn, his most beloved, is making such a du'a that he put his forehead on the ground, right? Then Allah's justice, anger for the injustices that humans have done, right? Becomes rahmah. Okay? Mm. This is the wasila. And then who is the first yeah, per- person to be dispensing of this rahmah through intercession, right? Who has the highest rank on Yom Al-Qiyamah, closest near to the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal? This is the fadilah, right? And this is the maqam al-mahmud. The, the rank, the most honorable rank that a human being can have is on that day being closest to the and, mercy. And what does mahmud literally mean? Subhanallah. Most praised. Never use the word praised. Subhanallah. Hmm. So Never use the word. What is the translation? They go, it, for wasila, they say, uh, uh, the highest point a high, or something. Some high praise or some, or yeah. high honor. And then for maqam al-mahmud, they go, the, the place of of highness or honor right, yeah. or honorability like the high they won't point, use yeah. praised and right. they won't use the intercession subhanallah yeah interesting yeah and so this is not following the sunnah yeah. this is not being really Pious. careful yeah that's not no, being careful. none of it Pious. none of it you're lying yeah. purposely this is a heresy so um we're getting uh you know we're hitting our time so you know if, if there's any last points uh before we do our our you have any questions, Bilal? <laughs> I'm good. It's a lot of information, a lot of knowledge. Listen, listen to the podcast listen, again. Listen to the podcast. You know, when we yeah. release it, you way, know, uh-huh. catch uh, the things. The thing that we were talking at the beginning of the podcast about the Turks, yeah. um, uh, the Osmanli people, where they, they, the Mehmet thing. Yeah. Daisies do something very similar. They name all their kids Muhammad. Yep. And yep. then the middle name, and then they go by the Yeah, by absolutely. The yeah. No, my That's family's true. like that. Because Bilal is really Muhammad. Yeah. Oh, Muhammad, really? Muhammad, Bilal. Yep. They, they do that with no. all like of my, my, no, my, my, my cousins are all like that. They're all named Muhammad. Uh, my, dad, yeah. my dad's name is also Muhammad. Yeah. And then they go by the middle name. So, yep. so out of respect, we always have Muhammad the first name. Right. And then you'll have the middle name and the last name. And I met a man from West from West Africa, like Senegal area, between Mali and Senegal. And his name was Awal, right? Awal. I was like, what is this? Right? He's number one, man. And, and then it, <laughs> I'm looking at his deck. De- it's M. Yo, that's a boss name. Yeah, it's M, M dot Awal, and then his last name. Oh. And I was like, what is this? What's He's his like, brother's uh, name? Awal. He's like, Muhammad Al Awal. My brother's Muhammad Al Thani. Yeah. And next brother's Muhammad Al Thalit. Yeah. Oh. My next brother's Muhammad Al Rabi'ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And his fifth brother's Muhammad Al Khamis. Five Muhammads. MashaAllah. Yeah. The father yeah. named every kid Muhammad. So yeah. the kids go by first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. So he just goes yeah. by Muhammad Al Awwal. Yeah. Muhammad Al Awwal. So right? he's just Awwal. That, that's and, and, uh, and in their family, they just call him Awwal, Thani, Thalit, Rabi'ah, Khamis. So we got to do the plug, man. Who will do the plug? So, right. but this this also happened. I, I uh, we went to Salem. My my mother in law, her her uh, her neighbors across the street who are uh, 
Pakistani or, or mm. Indian. And there was these little kids hanging out, right? And so they come running up to the car. So I was like, hey, Salaam what's your name? And he was like, I'm Muhammad Ibrahim, right? <laughs> and I was like, and who's your brother? And he was like, Muhammad Ismail. Oh, and I was like, Allah. and then the little one came and I was like, what's your name? And he goes, Muhammad Suleiman. SubhanAllah. <laughs> They should have went with Muhammad at our <laughs> Honestly, it gives a household and a family. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and youth and children. So much like it's like a stability, a connection. Yeah. When you have when you all know that we all have a Prophet and Sahaba, we have examples, we have honor them, we love them, and and you can tell, like and the, honestly, the day of the Mawlid you could tell kids are filled with love of the Prophet on that day so because you made a big deal out of it. Yeah. You can't just say, love him. Okay, what do I do next? No, but when you made a festivity out of it, they really, every year that time comes around and it cements it. It's a means. It's just a technique. It's a technique. Like a technique of memorizing Quran. You have techniques, right? It's a technique and a means by which to... Uh, maintain the connection. Yeah, maintain, to emphasize. It's an exclamation point, basically. Mm. One more shout out to the Desi people. Mm -hmm. They're the only like heritage Muslim community that names their kids Bilal. Subhanallah. Mashallah. Ajib, subhanallah. That's true. I never thought about Arabs that. don't do it. They don't. Turks don't do it. Indonesians don't do it. Subhanallah. Desis are the only ones that over wow. that overlook overlook. Have you met an Egyptian named Bilal? I, I don't think Have so. Have you met a Syrian ever named Bilal? No. Subhanallah. It's only the Desis are the only ones that go. We don't care yeah. that he was Ethiopian. Bilal, he's a companion. <laughs> Everybody else is racist about this. <laughs> All the companions get, get kids named after them, yeah. except, for, except for them. Except for Bilal. Mashallah, that the day since this. I never, thought about, I never yeah. thought about that. I so, never thought of it. What do you have to plug in? Wait. So uh, it's not, I don't really, I don't want to call it a plug. Okay. Um, but I want to give a, uh, so I want to make an announcement for the organization of Sheikh Salik bin Sidina. So it's called the Foundation for Mauritanian Relief and Development. Mm. Um, so they're actually, so they're collecting money uh, in, in the Northeast. So me and Shaban have been tasked with collecting uh, around $4,000. Critical. Um, for, so there was a drought that hit Mauritania uh, 2016 and the residents of Mauritania uh, in the cities of, I don't know how to pronounce this, Kifa, uh, Kifa. Kifa. And I forget the other city. Um, but the villages of uh, Murabat al-Hajj and uh, many of the other scholars uh, have come to you know rely on some of the money that that, that Sheikh Salak takes over mm. uh, from the Sadaqah and the donations. Okay, good. So, you know, we're asking for donation. And that, and so I just like to make a call out that, you know, like I've worked, uh, I work directly with this organization and, and I work with many of the people that get the money there. And the money, this isn't, like a like big like uh, charity that runs it literally goes like a fundraising drive it literally, literally like hand to mouth I think, it literally right? goes <coughs> hand to mouth I yeah. I've done it myself like me and Shaban have taken a check and we've deposited into somebody's direct account who takes it on a flight yeah. right, to Mauritania like yeah. it's not like oh it goes into some siphon file 501 C for legal purposes it is a 501 C right However, but it doesn't go to like a private jet for the right. CEO no, yeah, yeah, no of course. not at all no like way. literally this money you know you can if you actually know me personally you're welcome to hand me the money uh, directly you're welcome to give it to Shaban and you're also we're gonna put a put a link for launchgood.com or mauritaniafoundation.org we'll put it on the website uh, and and to donate, uh, Sheikh Sadiq is here. Uh, was here uh, only a few weeks ago, 
and um, you know he's he's always a, a pleasure to the community. So I mean we're we're uh, we're asking for donations. So we're looking for four thousand dollars, but we need it quick. We do need it by the end of December. Inshallah. So you're so gonna put the over. website link out there. Yeah. So we'll put the website. What is the link website? Link? It's Mauritania Foundation. M A U R I T A N I A Foundation dot org. Okay. Good. So we'll also put it on the launch good. If you search for Mauritania Foundation on launch good, you'll also find it. It's the Sadaqa Initiative. And okay. Dr. Shadi, you know, this is the you website know you built? personally? Sheikh Salik and his, yeah, Sheikh Salik has, I've been studying with Sheikh Salik since the year 2002, right? Oh, 2002. Oh. <laughs> and studying fiqh uh, and aqidah with Sheikh Salik. And um, he is such an uh, example of zuhud, I would say. Such a simple, uh, live, lives very simply, and he's devoted himself to knowledge, and uh, and he does things like we could say the old-fashioned way, right? He comes right. and he teaches. He cares very little about the glitter around the process, right? Uh, the glitter and the glamour and the business around the process is not there. You just get essential. And his father uh, was a Sidin, was um, one of the sheikhs in the village of Murabt al-Hajj, and he's buried there, and he was prayed upon by Murabt al-Hajj himself. And uh, his brother runs the school while Sheikh Sadiq is in America. Hmm. So in Kiva. So the real deal. The real deal. Real deal. Right. And the, the Ilm and Aqidah is very cautious on Ilm and Aqidah. Right. And he always says, I have a personality when I teach, and there's another personality afterwards. Right. Well, it's true. It's, it's so true. true. It's very it's true. so true. When he is not teaching, right, it's just. Uh, He's very loving. Very loving and, and, uh, and uh, drama free. Like example of not backbiting, not mentioning names, and have being positive, being happy, respecting everyone. Uh, and when he teaches, he's very firm and and crisp and clear. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, I mean, so inshallah, please go on the website mortaniafoundation.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, also check out Launch Good. They also do other initiatives. Uh, this is just the initiative for this for for this month. Uh, they do a well. They did we did a wells initiative. We did one for electricity as well. So please check out uh, mortaniafoundation.org. So I think that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, Saad, for joining us uh, again. Rejoining. <laughs> Rejoining. Rejoining. Well, Rejoining welcome us. Welcome back. So Saad, yeah. Saad, Saad was Brief hiatus, a, but you know we're back on episodes. it. Hello. Uh, thank you, Bilal, for joining us as well. So uh, yeah, thank you, Dr. Thank you, Alex. So inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.